Cap and Jay Hood. Mornings. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. So, a lot of football stuff to unpack, man. <laughs> yes. A lot. How many text messages and tweets did you get about these stories that came across about the Bears? Correct. A lot. A lot. Yeah. People are texting me, dude, are the McCaskies going to sell the Bears? No shot. I'd be stunned if that happened. Stunned. I told you I did a show, not a show, a luncheon a handful of years ago. I get a call from... Our old boss at NBC Sports Chicago, Phil Bedelli, he goes, hey, could you MC a luncheon at the Marriott on whatever date? It was in the fall. Sure. Wh- who am I talking to? It's going to be you interviewing McC- George McCaskey, Jerry Reinsdorf, Tom Ricketts, Rocky Wirtz, and the guy, Andrew Hauptman, I think, was at the time the owner of the fire. First time we've ever had all the owners of all the teams at that time, mm-hmm. now there's the sky and there's a few. The Red Star, they weren't around. Right. So I do this thing. I said, George, this is in front of 500 people. George, my phone just rang. There's a guy in the back of the room. He's got a cashier's check for $4 billion. Four. He wants to buy the Bears right now. And he said, not interested. I said, I said four with a B. He goes, you could say five with a B. Not interested. Okay. Now, this is a family that didn't make their money in shipping or real estate or they don't own Amazon. They're a football family. That's it. Or Heinz Ketchup. Right. <laughs> or whatever the Rudy's right. Rudy's playing high. But the point is that like they the the McCaskies are a different breed, for sure. Like he drives a normal car to work. He referees out where they live. His brothers and sisters, they, none of them are living in a mansion. None of them. Mm-hmm. His mother still lives in the home that she and her late husband had in where? Des Plaines, Park Ridge, uh, somewhere. Like, they're not walking around with the Amex black card and paying millions of dollars for property. None. Mm-hmm. You don't wonder at some point, there's a lot of kids in that family that they go, okay, you know what? I get one bite at the apple. I want to enjoy life. Sell the team. I would say one of them would be, right? So at some point, aren't you tired of the public scrutiny? Yes, you have money for yourself, for your kids, for your kids' kids. You have generational wealth. You're good. And, but you can't win. As I told you, Cap, it's, listen, you could be the richest person in the world. You walk in like that guy's got money, but I got money too. But what separates you from someone else? Winner. Being a winner. You want to walk through that door and just be like, Oh, here comes McCaskey. Hello, old boy. McCaskey's here. <laughs> Come on in. Come on in, George. Well, hello. You're a winner. How'd you do it, old boy? How'd you do it? That's what you want, right? Correct. The attention. Everyone around you so you can tell the story. People laughing at you when it's not even funny because you're McCaskey because you're the winner, right? Right. Just like, I didn't think I was very funny. And he like he's just and people are just wanting to be around you to find out what's the secret. No one asked the McCaskies what's the secret. No. 
They're, there's the McCaskey family. <laughs> they, right? Really? Not lovely people. Not, they don't know, have a clue how to win. At the Maras, you know, not not people in San Francisco, all the other owners, you know, what's happening with Tampa right now, it's not the same. Like, you want to be able to be, when you walk in, like, there's the McCaskies. Uh, they've wow. got the secret. Look what they've done. Look at the stadium. Look at the championships. They figured right. it out. Bob Kraft walks in, and you could say what you want about Bob. Yeah. But you know, there's a guy. He's got that amazing stadium deal. Oh, my God, look at all the Super Bowls he's got. Yeah. That's the thing. So, yeah, I got money. But these stories that we're seeing here, all this speculation about whether or not the Bears are going to sell or not, there's a lot of red tape to that, isn't it, if the Bears were going to sell the team? Okay, so what I have been able to deduce, and Jim O'Donnell, who has been on this media beat for a long, long time, Jim has a lot of contacts. I have no idea if his story is accurate. He wrote a story. The question was asked, which do you think will happen first? The Bears will be sold or the main grandstand building at Arlington Park will be imploded? He said, even money at this point, so put both on the board to open at four to five. This one truly could go either way. There is some internal strife going on among family members to sell the team now. The strife makes perfect sense, even if it is opposite to prevailing thought that the franchise will never be sold as long as Virginia McCaskey, age 98, has an earthly say. The Hallis-McCaskey clan is now touching a fifth generation. And then he lists potential owners. Pat Ryan, 83, is the favorite. The billionaire businessman in partnership with 91-year-old Andy McKenna, who is one of the nicest, kindest human beings you'll ever meet, owns 19.7% of the Bears. He also owns the right of first refusal as primary investor if any of the McCaskey stock comes up for sale. That, to correct that, he and Andy own the right of first refusal. Mm-hmm. And what that means is, because they list Jeff Bezos from Amazon, and Jerry Jones's quote is, I'd carry him piggyback to get him in the NFL. He said that in 2018. The, what that means is that if the Bears decide we're going to sell, Jeff Bezos could walk up and go, I'll give you $20 billion. I want the franchise. They can't sell it to him until Pat Ryan and Andy McKenna decide they don't want it. If they want it by contract, they must sell them the remainder of the team. That's part of their deal. Mm-hmm. And I cannot believe, as into sports as Pat Ryan is, Welsh Ryan Arena, sure. Ryan Field, Andy McKenna has been president of both the Cubs and the White Sox, right. wildly successful person. I cannot believe they wouldn't buy the team. Yes, I could see that because they're entrenched here. I can definitely see that. They're Chicago guys. But I mean, it's nothing like, though, that someone walks in with billions with a B, though. Like you said, like a Bezos of Amazon. Mm-hmm. You know, the story that we didn't, we didn't get into yesterday was how MGM is now part of Amazon. They, they bought MGM. They bought the Bond films. What? Yeah, remember that broke during our show. That's eight, crazy. Eight billion dollars. The Bond films. All of them. <laughs> they, they they own MGM. Right. I just want to know who gets uh, custody custody of the lion, the roaring lion before the the films take place. They have a little MGM. moat and they keep it behind his house. <laughs> I guess so. I want to know what's that going on with that. But Cap, I mean, imagine. I mean, what if it was an Amazon coming in? I mean, sure, there's that red tape you got to go through, but 
it's hard to say no if it's going to be more than what you bargained for. A lot more that they would offer. What if those guys said, hey, Jeff, we'd like to get you in. Why don't you become one of our partners? He would say no. Partners, no. He'd want to own it outright. It's Jeff Bezos, right? Maybe. Of you, course. You never know. So like you said, Cap, I agree that I don't know. Again, O'Donnell's locked in. I know he knows a lot of people. I don't know if this is true. But as you pointed out, it could be one of the sons. It could be someone that's like, is the juice worth the squeeze here? What are we doing? Like, yes, I've, I see the dividend check. I see the money coming in all the time. Like, but guess what? If we sell this thing for $4 billion, guess what? I can ride off to Hawaii and have a mansion and never have to deal with any of that again. And also, what are you really doing with the Bears? Are you doing the legwork of Ted, of Ryan and Matt? What are you doing? You're, you're one of the owners, but what are you doing, really, internally? Are you making sure that you're going to get a new stadium deal? Are you working on that? No? Then what are you really doing? Instead of getting, the, getting the money. There's all these rumors that they might buy Arlington Park and put a stadium there. Part of it is and well. I, I was out by the track the other day, and I talked to somebody there. He said, the Bears really are not a leading bidder to get the property. But they should be. They should be, no question. Because if you really want to stay in it, I'm just speaking for me if I'm one of the McCaskies. Mm-hmm. Okay, that, that flying saucer that's not too far from us here at Soldier Field, like I would want to be able to, again, be able to get more for my money if I can't get out of that deal and be able to put a roof over a soldier field, to be able to have casinos in there, to be able to have fans leave their coats in the car and just walk in the soldier field. Right. So now you get your final four. Now you get your WrestleMania convention. Now, now you get all your convention, everything that you need. Now you're, you're getting even more money on the deal because you're getting something from it. Right. If you're getting a, a new deal at Arlington, you're mm-hmm. part of that. If you're in McCaskey, you're getting paid for that too, right? Oh, no question. Okay, they so, have the worst stadium deal in the league. Okay, right now. So, I, so that's what I would be working on if I'm Ted and the McCaskies. Get out of there. The, the walking penguins from downtown having to go into Soldier Field. Right. What about, how about a real stadium? And, and again, Chicagoans that are diehard Bears fans love tradition. I get that. But wouldn't you like convenience now? It's 2021. Well, Ryan and Matt are our football Guys. They've got nothing to do with this. That's a different department. <laughs> Your football guys has got nothing to do with this. Well, have we gotten the quarterback situation completely right? No. Have we won enough games? No. Everything else is there. All right, Mayor Daly. No one asked you either, Daly. Here's what we're asking. <laughs> Get out of there, Daly. You're not in this either. I'm, But that's what I'd be working. Because otherwise, what are the other McCaskies doing? Yep. Go to games every Sunday. And then what? Enjoying life, I guess. Okay, so because you know, I know you and you know me, right? The idea that you'd get paid and it's like, okay, I'm going to ride off in the sunset. Well, what do you do after that? Just retirement? Just chill on the beach? Like Danny has always said that if he woke up in the morning and he had won the lottery or some long-lost relative he didn't even know he had left him $50 million, Danny would wait till his kids got out of school. He'd be on a beach in Hawaii. He'd build a mansion, and we would never hear from him again. You'd get a Christmas card, maybe a text occasionally. Just checking in, make sure you guys are all right. I don't. If you're ever in Hawaii, look me up. That's cool. I need a reason to get up every day. I, and again, I don't know all the McCaskies, so I wouldn't know. I'm just saying that if I'm them, my next thing that I can do, if I can't win a Super Bowl championship. I'm I, putting the greatest stadium together for ever. The, for the greatest fans in the world. Correct. Bears fans from all over the world. When you take care of them that way, Cap? 100%. That's the best you can that's do. That's your legacy. That's right. 
guess what? We're building McCaskey Field, and it's going to be amazing. Listen, we were 5-11, and 11, but we got a state-of-the-art stadium. Exactly. <laughs> like, right. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. All right, 312-332-3776. Dolphins quarterback, Tua, Tua Tungavailoa, gives us a little insight as to what Justin Fields will be dealing with this season. We'll fill you in. You want to hear this next. David Kaplan. Jonathan Hood. Welcome, fans. This is Cap and Jay Hood on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the new ESPN Chicago app. Day 37, and you're listening to Cap J. Hood Show, ESPN 1000. I'm David Kaplan. He's Jonathan Hood. Danny Zetterman and J.R. Meller will be doing the midday show today. As York has the day off, so he'll be with Carm. Well, we are talking about a number of issues, including Justin Fields, whether or not he'd be ready or not. Listen, we understand the fervor of fans where it's like, man... He's fresh. He's new. It's not the same old, same old at the quarterback position. Maybe Justin Fields, maybe he can be the guy, I mean, uh, that could start right away for the Bears. We'll see. Uh, but it's up to the Bears in their evaluation. All I know is that at some point we'll see Justin Fields on the team. Maybe not when you want him to start, but he will be under center for the Bears. Game one, game eight, next season. Although, But we know the future is bright with that guy as a quarterback for the team. All right, we'll get to what I tease in a moment. Here is James and Gurney first. Hey, James, what's up, man? Hey, boys, I got a different perspective. I'm coaching Justin Fields. Give me his number because I'm going to call him and I'm going to say, hey, kids, you know what happened? Uh, uh, the Jets didn't think you were good enough. What about San Francisco or Atlanta didn't think you were good enough? Hey, you know what? You went 11. Chris Sims told me you were 39. Hey, let's call Kurt Warner. He's got him at 50. Keep it up. This kid got moxie. I, I want to call him and put it on his locker. Hey, did you hear what they're saying about you on the radio, kids? This kid's going to be a good football player, and he's and he's going to eat it up. I just these these fans. I know we all have our fandom, so I'm not going to say nothing bad about it. But I like all this. Not, I want to call it negativity, but I'm going to call it what it is. I don't. Chris Sims is a, was a decent quarterback, but good. Tell Justin he thinks you're 39. I'm going to go watch him walk in San Francisco and flash 11. I'm going to watch him walk in New York and flash 11, and it's laying on flash 11. Watch. Mark my words. You heard it today on ESPN 1000. Captain Jay Hood. That kid is going to tear them all up going to tear them all up, and I'm going to use this as his coach. I'm going to hear what they're saying. Go get him, Justin Fields. I've changed his number to 1-11 to 11 just to mock these guys. Have a good day. <laughs> See you, man. Have a great day. I love his passion. James is always great. Always great. Uh, 312-332-3776. So, last night, I bet the Knicks. I couldn't believe they were down 13 at the half. And I'm thinking, you got to be kidding me. They've got this amazing environment there. There were 15,000 in the garden, or 16,000, and it was awesome. And there's all the celebs, and it was incredible. And then here they come, led by, not Julius Randle, who played well down the stretch. He wasn't great early. Not Nerlens Noel, not Reggie Bullock. No. A man named Derek Rose led them with 26 points. It looked like he was playing for the Chicago Bulls back in 2010 and 11. He was awesome last night. Now, he's not a 38-minute-a-game guy for 82 games. He's not. He never will be again. 
But last night, when they needed someone to put them on their back and get them back in the game, and their defense was simply awesome. The D. Rose story makes my heart swell, my black heart heart swell. And South Sider. Yeah, it makes my heart swell because... Derrick Rose has been through so much with the injuries, Cap, and the ups and downs, and the youngest MVP, all these accolades, right? And as Tom Thibodeau said, it was it's a simple compliment. He says the only reason why that Derrick, when he's not effective, is when he's hurt. When he's when he's available, he is effective. But the only time he's not effective is when he's hurt. And that's so true, right? Mm-hmm. So, again, it's not about a dynamic guard. There's a lot of dynamic guards that can shoot it from the moon, as we well know. But just how efficient Derek is of just being able to find the seam to get into the lane and give you the, the teardrop or just being able to pass it out in the right way or just being able to get you the quality two that you need. Now, that's what I like is to see someone that came back from all this injury and all the, the pain, all the workouts to try to just get on the floor. Gets traded to the Knicks in a great situation. Now he's in the playoffs. What a great story. It's amazing. Amazing. And think back to after he left the Bulls, they trade him to the Knicks. I didn't even remember this, and now I do. Danny brought it up in the IDAP bullpen when he went home. Remember? Yeah. This is pre-Thibodeau, and the Knicks were a mess, and he left. And no one knew where he was. And then he called in. I had to get away and see my mom and my family. I miss home, and I'm just not in a good space. Yep. Then he leaves there. He goes. To, I think he was in Utah. He was in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Detroit signs him and starts to resurrect his career. And then he goes to Minnesota, and he's in there. Maybe I have him reversed, but he's in Minnesota. Yeah, Remember but, the 50-point game? Yeah. And they're all waiting for him with water bottles and Gatorade, and they're dumping it all over him, and he's crying. Sure. Like, oh, God, I'm back. Yeah. And he has said a billion times, that's my guy, Tom Thibodeau. That guy believes in me, and I love being pushed and coached by that guy. And then he follows him to New York. It's a a great story. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and and then being at Madison Square Garden and being part, and, it, and I know that from some New Yorkers, like, why don't you just start Derrick Rose? Why don't you? He's a better player than Alfred Payton. That's not the point. Derrick Rose comes off the bench and is an igniter for the team. Correct. Brings people together. I don't care. I'm sure Derrick doesn't care if that he's introduced to the Garden crowd. He just comes in and provides a spark. Now, 39 minutes is a lot on that body. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that Thibodeau didn't want to play him 39 minutes because Derrick is not the same Derrick he once was. But he's just as good as far as being able to make others better and also being able to get in the lane. He still he doesn't have the same quicks, Cap, but he finds a way to get that scene to get to the basket. It's unbelievable. And defensively, he has gotten much better. Yeah. Because that's what Tom demands. There was a great article that we should get Nick on next week. And Nick Friedel talked to Julius Randle mm-hmm. and Taj Gibson and Joakim Noah and Derek and Kyle Korver about playing for Thibs. And Taj said, my phone rings all the time from guys who get traded to a team that Thibs is in. And they said, what's it like? It's hard. He will push you like you've never been pushed. But if you can let yourself be coached and pushed, you'll be the best player you could possibly be. It may, it, of course, that Thibodeau and the Knicks are good. That's not a surprise. When, he first, when you first heard that he had the job, 
the first thing I thought was, well, there's going to be discipline. There's going to be a sense of defense. Take a look at some of those defensive metrics. The Knicks are one of the best. And as I told you before the series, Cap, this is the difference between a potent offense in the Hawks and a strong defense in the Knicks. Who's going to win? Who's going to be able to win this series with both of those storylines on the line? Okay, so Taj spoke after the game last night. The scene in New York, they're celebrating in the streets like they'd won the NBA title. They won one game in the first round. That's how starved they are for a winner there. The environment, incredible. Taj Gibson was asked after the game about playing and winning with Tom Thibodeau. To be honest with you, I really can't. It, it's so surreal. Uh, like what I said, when I talk to the young guys who wake up and uh, they may not know where their, where their, their path is going to lead them or where the game is going to take them, just trust your heart. Don't worry about what nobody's going to say because I sat years ago as a rookie in my second year, maybe my second year, I sat every day with Tibbs after practice and we talked about the Knicks. We talked about the battles. We talked about how great it would be to play them one day. And then for it to come true, and then I'm playing with Derek, who I've been playing with my whole career, and, the, and we have the same familiar faces, but now we're in New York City. God doesn't make any mistakes, man. You just got to follow your path. You just got to believe in yourself. Stay the course. The course is always going to be rocky, but you just got to stay the course and believe in yourself and and truly believe, man, because it's some, it's some magical stuff right now. I don't know how to explain it. It's just every day that I come in, it's just, I don't take anything for granted, but every day that I come in, it's just surreal. And you got to pinch yourself because... Playing in the garden. It's one of the toughest places to play, but it's one of the beautifulest places to play when you're on the right on when you when you're right. And um we're trying to do some special things here and uh, right now we're laying on the groundwork for it and it's a, it's an awesome feeling. How awesome is that? Well, Taj speaks from his heart with that because he's a New Yorker Mm -hmm. and understands the power of Madison Square Garden when fans are behind you, how loud, how vociferous the the crowd is at Madison Square Garden. So I totally understand how he feels from that standpoint. But then as he says, God doesn't make any mistakes. Here's Derek, a guy that I played with almost my entire career, and now we're playing together, and Thibs is here too. Tom Thibodeau, the coach that we had in Chicago, is now in New York, and we're in the playoffs yeah, it's got to feel surreal for him. And he, he didn't give you any illusion that they're expecting to win a title. He said, we're trying to do some special things here in New York, and this is just, what did he say, building the foundation? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they know they're not good enough yet. But to see that scene and see what they've created, all of them together with Tom at the helm, see Red Fred better go back to bed. 312-332-3776. Oh, not necessary. We'll continue talking about Derrick Rose. Is he... The athlete you cheer the most for on any team in basketball. On any team. Or is there a bull you cheer for more? Be right back. This is Cap and J Hood. Enjoy the show each morning in your Instagrammies. At Cap J Hood on Instagram. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Yo, hi there. Welcome to Letters with George. I'm owner George, and Ryan and Matt are football uh, guys, and we're looking so forward to the season. 
We're looking forward to training camp for our Chicago Bears. We get so many letters that come in that want to know more about their Chicago Bears, like this one. from Susan in Barrington. And she writes, Dear George, I, uh, excuse me, got the phone ringing here. Hello, owner George. Mark Cuban? Uh, uh, no, I'm not selling the team. Uh, hold on a second. Uh, I, I, Jer- yes, I'll hold for Jerry Reinsdorf. Yes. Yeah, Jerry. Uh, no, I, I'm not selling the team. And are you in a restaurant in Scottsdale? There's a lot of glass clean. I, I gotta go. I, I hello, owner George. Uh, hello, Oprah. I, I I can't talk about that report. I don't know. You and Gail want to own the team? No, no, that's not happening. I gotta go. I gotta go. Uh, hello. <laughs> yes, I'll hold for Mr. President. Yeah, yes, <sighs> President Obama. Uh, hello. Uh, yeah, no, 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 I, I'm, I'm not selling the team. We are not selling the team. And good luck on your library. I've got to go, Mr. President. Thank you. Hello. Uh, uh, Mayor Daly. Rich, we're not selling the team. No one's selling the team. I, I, I got, yeah, yeah, hello, yeah, hello. What are you doing, Sylvie? You, you want to, what? You want to own the team? You? And Waddle want to own the team? You, you're going to be investors with Cutler and Barkley? And that's not happening. I've got to go. What, what's that? I don't know if we're getting a new stadium. I've got to go. I don't know if we're getting anything. I've got to go. And that's letters with George. And the phones are off the hook. It's not happening. Stop it. Yeah. Oh, God. your heart out, BBM. Wow. One small report from Jim O'Donnell and his phones are ringing off the hook, George. Thank you, George. Appreciate you. That. Wow. Oprah. Barack Obama. Sylvian Waddle. Rich. Rich. (laughs) Yes, Rich. (laughs) No. How about that, Daddy? About Rich, he knows him well. He just calls him Rich. That was. He says he's not selling the team. All right. Well, at least we know. I mean, I mean, we never got our letter though. That's the only interesting thing. We never got our letter from Susan. We'll never know Susan what Susan Barrington. Barrington. We'll never know what she wanted. Well, because the phone was ringing. Well, I mean, hey, we talked about the news. It broke yesterday, and so apparently people are inquiring. They all want to jump jump in. Even Gail King, she wants a piece. Wow. She also wants to own the team. She does. Oprah, you and get No, I've got to go. Oh, I mean, that's just saying. Boy, the phones were just lit up. Cuban. How about the, remember when you first heard the rumor that Cuban wanted to own the Cubs? Remember that? How about that? Could you imagine him? And I mean, it's enough that he's in the NBA and he's just kind of an oddball with NBA owners. Mm-hmm. Imagine in Major League Baseball. They would never let him in the club. Never. Nope. Too, it's too forward thinking or. You know, adjacent to the thinking of the other owner, it would just never work. Never. Mm-mm. Never. And he tried. Lord knows he tried. Oh, yeah. And they went, 
yeah, no, not happening. You're not getting in our club. Most exclusive club in the world is being a NFL or baseball owner. Mm-hmm. NBA, NHL, you see more turnover. Sure. The other two, no shot. Not doing it. So you were saying about Aaron Rodgers. He's having a hell of a summer, man. A hell of a summer. First of all, there's a picture on social media of Aaron looking a little doughy. He's got a little Mac Jones body in him. Come on. Just stop. With his fiance and another couple, one of whom is related to Carmen. Well, DeFalco. First of all, Aaron Rodgers is not. I don't know what we're on the radio, and if you're if people are driving around, you make it seem like that he's like, you know, the Stay Puff man. He's not that guy. He's not that. The i the idea that you're trying to paint a picture, and you're a radio guy, is supposed to paint the picture that he's doughy is incorrect. Hold on, he has zero muscle definition and zero body fat. A little, but he's got no definite like. You said that's the best player in the National Football League last season. You would think that guy's cut up and jacked and ready to go. Tough, big neck. Nothing. Nothing. And then there's another picture where he looks allegedly stoned out of his mind with the long hair, kind of a little unkempt with the mullet, and Danny's wife thought it was Danny. Well, well, he stole Danny's look. He did, of course. I mean, Danny should sue. He should. He, I mean, but the point is, though, you're painting the picture like he's out of shape. Look, I don't know what you guys are. You, you, locker room leaders have when you're looking at some another man's body and judging another man's body. He doesn't have to look ripped for for him to be able to succeed Obviously. in his job. Well, it doesn't matter what he looks like with his shirt off. Does he get the job done? Has he had a Hall of Fame career? Yes. Okay, so, I mean, a step away from me in the Super Bowl, you're, cause you're judging him with his shirt off. So ridiculous. I, you know, what, in your mind's eye, what is he supposed to look like, Cap? What is he supposed to look like? Charles Atlas from the back of the magazines back in the day? Yeah, I, what I, I like Mr. Atlas. Okay. He looks ripped. All right. What I would expect if I said to you, he's holding the world on his shoulders. That guy's the best football player in the world in 2020 in that season. I would just think there's a six pack and he's jacked and he's ripped and he's everything. Why does that matter? I'm not saying it does. That would just be my perception of what he would look like. And I was surprised he didn't. Like you see some of these other guys, like they walk in and you're like, whoa. Holy smokes. He's a great football player. And he's living his best life. He, his fiance, I think it's a brother-in-law and sister. And they're out in Hawaii having a good old time. He's playing his guitar. Yeah, that's he's showing me Charles Atlas's picture. That's what I would figure he'd look like. And I'm not saying you have to. He's an amazing player. Men of a certain era like yourself... Looked at that is the standard. Charles Atlas. Correct. Back of the magazine. Oh, God. To have abs like that. He's Mr. World. Look at him. Didn't have to look like that. You didn't. Just put the, just put the pill to the wide receivers. Just throw the football. And you're right. You're 100% right. He looks fine. And he, by the way, he's living his best life. He is. He looks like he is having so much fun. I mean, incredible. Now, that... Now, there's a picture of Justin Fields that Danny is showing us here. And he is ripped. And younger. He's got like an eight-pack. He's got, I mean, he's defined and jacked. And hasn't spent a lot of time in Wisconsin. 
He is not. There's and there's your difference Eating right there. Eating cheese curds. There's there's your difference right there. You go in the five star form in Milwaukee, and I've been there. You walk in, the first thing you smell is beer. First thing you got, yeah, I gotta get a beer because that's what you. That's what it smells like. You walk in there, then you go to Miller Park. Oh, I gotta get a brat. Well, Rogers has been around all that and still maintains that body. I mean, it doesn't matter as long as you're able to get the job done. Not disagreeing with you, uh, but I will tell you, he doesn't look. The least bit interested in pulling on shoulder pads, shorts, and a helmet and going, mm, yeah, no, I think I'm out. He's doing this to stick it to the Packers, clearly, right? No doubt. I mean, just, I mean, because otherwise you wouldn't see all these pictures. You see like one photo on TMZ, right? One still shot far away. You get that, right? Mm-hmm. But you, I mean, he's just putting his whole, his whole um, trip vacation out there. Yeah. Just to stick it to Gutenkunst. No question. Like, why? But it's not. A, the question is why. Why, Cap? Why do you have to do that if you're Aaron Rodgers? What are you doing? He's petty. Well, there you have it. He's petty. Yep. There it is. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Tom Brady is great at everything. He found a new thing he's great at. Next. Take that.